0: This is day two of our look together through Revelation chapter seven. I'm glad you're with us as we walk through these chapters that are in some ways difficult to study, but they're also the reality about life. And I found when I get a hold of reality, God's reality, instead of my reality, my escapist reality, my pretending reality, when I get a hold of God's reality, then I can get a hold of real hope. And that's what I want. That's what I want in my life. That's what I want for your life. Not some false hope that is built on some false belief that everything's going to be okay, or I'm never going to have to face a difficult situation, or God would never allow me to have to face suffering in my life. If I build my hope on something that is false, then my hope can be taken away. But if I build my hope on what is real, The truth that no matter what I have to face in life, and we do all face trials and suffering in this life, no matter what I have to face, God not only will be with me, he will redeem that suffering all the way into eternity. When I build my hope on that kind of reality, I have a kind of hope that can never be taken away. That's the kind of hope I want you to have. And that's why we go into in Revelation chapter seven, this view from heaven. It's a view of hope. It's a view of trust in God. Revelation, we're gonna see as we walk through this book, It intersperses scenes from heaven and scenes on earth. As it does that, I want to just remind you, don't try to get the timeline exactly how they fit together. Remember, time in heaven and time on earth are different. And as we go back to heaven, it it tends to jump around in the timeline. We flash forward sometimes and flash back sometimes. And in looking at heaven, if you try to fit it exactly into, well, what's happening on earth at that time? Time on earth and time in heaven are just two different things. The reason we're going to look and see what's happening in heaven is not the timeline. It's the perspective. It's seeing who God is and what God's about. And as you see what's happening in heaven in Revelation chapter 7, we're going to look these next few days together at three different groups, each of whom teach us some powerful truths about God and who he is. The first group is a group of angels. Revelation chapter 7 verses 1 to 3 talks about this group. Listen to what it says. After this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth to prevent any wind from blowing on the land or on the sea or on any tree. And then I saw another angel coming up from the east, having the seal of the living God. He called out in a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to harm the land and the sea. Do not harm the land or the sea or the trees until we put a seal on the foreheads of the servants of our God. Now, as we go through these verses, as we look through these different groups, We're really going to be looking these next few days at four security building trusts that you can have in your life. Four specific ways you can trust God that will build a deep, deep security into your life. I see many people, talk to many people who have a trust in God, have a trust in Jesus Christ, but many times it feels insecure. A a circumstance in life, a a false teaching that someone throws their way, Situation that doesn't work out exactly like they wanted it to, and all of a sudden it feels like God isn't there. I can't trust him. I want a deeper trust in my life, in your life. And these verses talk to us about how to have that kind of trust. I want a no matter what happens kind of trust. Some people trust God when. When good things happen, they trust God. Some people trust God if. God, if you'll only do this for me, then I'll trust you. It's sort of like a deal. Revelation is written to help you to trust God no matter what. And if I'm going to trust God no matter what, I've got to understand what these verses are saying. They're telling me why I can trust God no matter what. Here is the first security-building trust in this chapter. God is in control. There we are. We keep coming back to it in the book of Revelation. God is in control. Hold on. Don't finish yet, he's saying here. I want you to wait until I put a seal on the forehead of some people before you do this. You see, these events that are unfolding, it's not like a train wreck that God just sort of said, well, I'm going to let it happen, and he doesn't know what's going to happen. He's in control even in the midst of these events. With all that's happening, as we read through Revelation chapter 7 and 8 and 9, God is in control of the process. And when he needs to halt it for a minute because there's something else that he needs to do, he stops it right there. And when he needs to continue the process, he continues it right then. As you and I read through this book of Revelation, we're going to see increasing chaos on earth, but increasing control and increasing peace and increasing power and increasing grace in heaven. That's what you see as you read through the book of Revelation. That's why what we talked about in the, in the chapters 5 and 6 of Revelation are so important. The attitude of worship is vital as we read this book. If you read Revelation with a heart of worry, i got to figure it out so I won't be worried. i got to get it all wired in so I know exactly what's going to happen, and then I won't worry. If you read Revelation with that attitude, you're going to end up with more worry at the end than you started with. But if you read it with an attitude of worship, God, I can trust you. God, you are in control. Look at how in control you are no matter what happens. Then you end with an attitude of worship, and you end with a depth of security in your life. God is in control. And here he says, don't harm the land or the sea. Stop for a moment. I have something else I need to do first. Here he is in control of these angels. These angels are the servants of God. Now, someone asked me, are these, they're on the earth, are these like fallen angels? Are these demons that he's controlling? Well, he controls them too. He controls everything. But no, these are the messengers of God. These are the servants of God doing what God wants, doing his bidding. He is in control of the servants of God. He's in control of the timing. That's what I love about the picture of the book of Revelation. God is in control of the timing of his plan. We don't always see it. I don't always see it. I don't like the timing of my life sometimes. I certainly don't like the timing of the way things go in this world, but God is in control of it all. Now, when I say that God is in control, part of that is that he He has allowed evil in this world for a time. God does not desire for everything to happen that has happened. He does allow us to have choice. And because he has allowed choice, evil does happen in this world. But even in the end, God's going to control that. Even in the end, God's going to say, the time has come to stop. All that have come to me are going to come to me. I've been patient long enough so that more could come. Now is the time to stop. Remember, as we're looking at this view from heaven in Revelation chapter 7, that as these seals are opened, these seals that go into trumpets, that go into bowls, it's all about the giving of an inheritance. It's all about how God is letting this world pass away and it won't pass away easily so that a new heaven and a new earth can be given as an inheritance to his saints. And here in these verses, in these first three verses, he is taking care of his saints. He's taking care of his chosen ones. Now, when I talk about the end times, when I talk about what's going to happen at the end, and we're reminded that God is in control even there, I wonder about your life today. What do you need to be reminded that God is in control of in your life today? What you're facing today? If God can be in control of this, he certainly is in control of what you're facing. At what point, in what moment right now, do you need to say to him, God, I trust you, even with this. And I may not understand what is happening. I may want it to happen differently, but I know I can trust you. Let's pray that prayer, that security-building prayer right now just say to him, Jesus Christ, I thank you. I thank you that you are in control. God is in control and I can trust you. I can trust that in the end, you will take any circumstance and use it for your glory. I can trust that in the end, you will take any circumstance and use it to make me more like Christ. Because you promised that you would, I can trust that in the end you will take any circumstance and you will accomplish your justice in ways that are above and beyond what I can imagine. And I can trust that in the end you will take any circumstance and you will calm the pain and the fear and in its place you will put peace and grace. God, you are in control. And although I may not feel that way right now, help me to trust that way. Help me to live that way today. I ask this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Well, join us tomorrow. We're going to talk about the 144,000.